Hello you lovely lot and welcome to episode 125 of Near Perfect Pitch. Well, episode 125 is brought to you by Peter, the Dandy Warhols and the Milk Chocolate Digestive alongside John Robb, the Membranes and a plain old copper, being that John is a vegan. Yes, what does that mean? It means that I've got an interview with the Dandy Warhols and the Membranes at the end of the programme where all the interviews are always housed. You are a lucky lot to crack an interview to look forward to today <laughs> amongst a litany of new releases and all the special features which I shall refresh your memory of. If you're a first-time listener, this will be all news to you and if you're not, this will just be a healthy reminder. Every week I play a track by The Fall called The Obligatory Fall. Ah, oh, Weekly Peel is our weekly John Peel track. We have at least one cover version a week. We've got two this week. Tune This is the uh, the tune that you can uh, draw the curtains to and just parade around the house, losing your, uh, well, losing your shit really, which was its prior name. It's designed uh, to be a banger and it'll allow you to uh, run around with uh, reckless abandon for a few minutes and uh, maybe that'll just be a, a nice little timely alleviator of stress. Anyway, there's a hat trick today as well, as there, as there usually always is. Uh, Essential Wax this week uh, is by Starflyer59. There's Tinterweb Time, and of course the two interviews. New releases I will go through uh, after we start off the programme with this little ditty.
takes a good few hours to put near perfect pitch together on a weekly basis. Everything from playlisting and selecting to recording and editing, arranging the interviews, bit of graphic art, bit of uploading, bit of downloading, it takes a long time. So I'm proud to say that uh, Near Perfect Pitch is on Patreon. In lieu of any advertising, it's the only money I make to cover costs. Patreon.com slash Near Perfect Pitch. If you can spare a five or a tenner or 20 a month, more than grateful to you. You'll keep Near Perfect Pitch on the airwaves without any invasive advertising.
Interpol of a Fine Mess EP. That's a tune called Fine Mess. Fancy that. That's their latest and greatest. And before we heard Interpol, we heard The Charlatans, their third single. And uh, one of four pulled off their debut, Some Friendly, that came out in 1990. Seems like yesterday, but it was 1990. Now, the Interpol track is one of several new releases that I'm going to be playing for you. The next one is a new release too, which is Callow Youth from Manchester, as is the track after that, which is Umagma. Um, let me see what else is forthcoming that is uh, deemed a new release. There's new material by Pizza Girl and Clinic, both Liverpool acts. We've got uh, something new by Toth from uh, from Brooklyn, which is beautiful, by the way. We've got uh, some new material here by Fluffy Tales from Japan. We've got uh, another cover version by Clamour, which is a new release. Sugar Song by Kodiak Island is coming up. That's new, which is rather good as well. Von Spar uh, has a new uh, a new record out, and uh, we're going to hear something new by them. All the tracks at the end of the programme by The Membranes are new, as are all the tunes by The Dandy Warhols. And there's also a new track by Amsterdam's Someone to Look Forward To. My goodness me, it is a jam-packed programme. As I did mention, up next we're going to hear something from Manchester, the brand new single by Callow Youth.
marvellous stuff. That's Caravan by Umagma. And you can follow them at Umagma, U-M-A-G-M-A, at bandcamp.com. You can pre-order the new LP, Compass, that uh, the single that I've just played, Caravan, appears on. That's out on June the 1st. So make a note of that URL. Before that, the latest single from Manchester's Callow Youth, musicglue.com slash Callow Youth. And that was a tune called Wake Up. Up next, we've got to have... Uh, the Thievery Corporation putting their touch to some trans-global underground produced and remixed off an LP that was uh, released in 2006 called Version. Here is uh, Trans-Global Underground and Kaliki Stump.
up and buy their cows and pounds They sweat on their way down They pot with customs bastards Hang around like clowns They are containers And their drivers Sometimes they're witches, sometimes on shirt sleeves, sometimes on shirt sleeves. This week's obligatory fall are oh, container drivers. That's uh, the fall, of course, of Grotesque, their third LP. And before that, Theory Corporation and uh, putting their mark on some trans-global underground, the Kaliki Stomp. What a track that is. Now, uh, A Scouse Brace. Let's hear something by Pizza Girl. Uh, a recent single from uh, the uber-productive Pizza Girl, mypizzagirl.bandcamp.com, closely followed by something new from Clinic. They're back with their eighth LP, their first in seven years. And it's entitled Wheel Tappers and Shunters, which was a TV programme in the 70s uh, in, uh, in Britain about uh, a working man's social club and it was uh, suitably appropriate at the time very dated now of course and uh, infinitely misogynistic amongst other things however at the time it did have its place anyway wheel tappers and shunters is the name of their new lp we're going to be hearing a song called complex or complex depending on how you want to say it anyway scouse brace coming right up 
That's Complex by Clinic off their brand new LP, Wheel Tappers and Shunters, first in uh, seven years. And before that, another Liverpool act, we heard Pizza Girl with a tune called Gymnasium. And as a reminder, my pizzagirl.bandcamp.com is where you can follow them. Now, next up, let's go back to last year to the brilliant Nuances LP by Softer Still, soundcloud.com slash softer hyphen still. Let's hear a tune called Continental Girl. So 
Isn't that lovely? Off uh, the brand new and debut Practice Magic and Seek Professional Help When Necessary. That is Brooklyn's Alex Toth. And it is a beautiful, beautiful record. You can uh, snag it at uh, tothtunes.bandcamp.com T-O-T-H-T-U-N-E-S.bandcamp.com But preceded by Continental Girl by Soft Distill of last year's wonderful LP. Uh, Nuance is the name of that one. We're at 10 songs in, if you can believe that. That's gone very quickly, hasn't it? Now it's time for one of our uh, regular features. It's our uh, weekly peel this week, and we're going to go back to October 1979.
the wonder stuff let's be other people of the 89's hub that's the stuff he's second lp let's be other people before that killing joke war dance from 17th of october 1979 that's this week's peel session our weekly peel my goodness me 12 songs into episode 125 of near perfect pitch and to look forward to it at the end of the program you are going to be treated to an interview with peter from the dandy warhols and uh, the fantastic john robb from the membranes that's coming up in about an hour or so's time just doing some mental maths which is probably entirely miscalculated anyway it's at the end of the program that's all you need to know loads of new releases between then and now also you can expect to hear tracks by ringo death star drug dealer you can also expect to hear some stuff by Jade Bird, Ari Ari. And up next, our first of two cover versions this week, here's Ocean Colour Scene.
magic stuff. That's this uh, this week's Cover Me. But there's going to be another cover version coming up. So uh, it's Cover Me Once, because Cover Me Twice is coming up in about uh, about 20 minutes. Do yourself a favour, Ocean Colour Scene, as written by Cyrita and Stevie Wonder. That's a cover version, of course. Stevie released it in 71. And this version, this cover of the song, appears on 1992's debut self-titled affair by Ocean Colour Scene. Right, up next, it's Tune. This, roll back the years, draw the curtains, and uh, parade about uh, the house with reckless abandon. We're going to go back in time now to 1991.
It takes a good few hours to put near perfect pitch together on a weekly basis. Everything from playlisting and selecting to recording and editing, arranging the interviews, a bit of graphic art, a bit of uploading, a bit of downloading. It takes a long time. So I'm proud to say that uh, Near Perfect Pitch is on Patreon. In lieu of any advertising, it's the only money I make to cover costs. Patreon.com slash Near Perfect Pitch. If you can spare a fiver, a tenner or twenty a month, more than grateful to you. It'll keep Near Perfect Pitch on the airwaves without any invasive advertising. Who's that pillock talking over the Smiths? That last song that we just heard was Doctoring the Tardis, the 12-inch version. It was this week's uh, instalment of Tune This, where you're losing your mind in your living room or in public or behind the wheel of your car or on public transport and uh, whisking yourself away back to 1991 where you were dancing your legs down to your knees. If it was uh, prior to your time, you can just imagine, extrapolate and imagine that you were doing just that. So that was the Time Lords, a.k.a. the KLF, sometimes the Justified Ancients of Moomoo, sometimes the Jams. Lots of Doctor Who and Dalek samples in there, fantastic stuff. That is, now it's time for a hat-trick. Usually they're thematic, this week not a prayer. Three songs in a row, the only theme being really, it's a break from my voice. Enjoy these three, I'll be back in about 15 minutes. Military march, in and out my head Everything I did, everything I say, yeah Take it to the arch, for your happiness I'll spend it like a lark, sing it for nothing I, I get no joy I, I get no joy All the words I'm on the sick, I see they get them out my head Everything becomes everything, you live, you learn, you love, you're dead Straight to the end, I'm such a fool Got everything in you, yeah my heart is a blue I'm singing for nothing I, I get no joy I, I get no joy All the words of mother say can't seem to get them out my head Everything becomes everything you live and you love your dead If I did, would intervention come to me in a dream? Or is that just what the directors and the pills and other deflectors would have you believe? Psychotic, hypnotic, erotic, which parts is your thing? But how many days a week do you feel? Electric, connected, unexpectedly affected, what do you need? What do you need? Sick and see to get them out my head Everything becomes everything you live, you learn, you love, you're dead I get no joy I know the sun will shine another day, another time I know the sun will shine another day, another time I know the sun will shine I know the sun will shine Electric connected, unexpectedly affected What do you need? What do you need? No joy I, I get no joy All the words of 
from Japan. That's Fluffy Tales off their latest single, A Good Time in Dark Feelings. Fluffytalesmusic.bandcamp.com. That's a tune called Sparkle in the Evening Moon. Betwixt songs one and three, we heard All Time Low by Ariare. They're from uh, Malmo in uh, Sweden, and that's a track off their latest LP, Ariare. A-R-R-E-A-R-R-E.bandcamp.com to follow them and we kick things off kick the hat trick off with jade bird a song called i get no joy a single from earlier this year of the self-titled debut which is incidentally rather rather tasty let's hear something by bad lieutenant or bear lieutenant depending on where you're from new orders barney with a tune pulled off their only lp 2009's cry another tear
That's rather good, isn't it? That's uh, Clamour, their latest single, and they're having a crack at the Human League there. That's been boiled. Clamour.co.uk, and that's Clamour with a K. They were on the programme, by the way, if you were paying attention. Before that, we heard This Home by Bad Lieutenant. That's uh, New Order's Barney uh, with his project that came out in 2009. Cry Another Tear is the LP that was pulled off. Up next, new material by the wonderful Kodiak Island, facebook.com slash Kodiak Island music to keep abreast of their happenings. Here's Sugar Song.
Starflyer 59 with Minor Keys. Now, that's one of two tracks we're going to be hearing off their LP from 2008 entitled Dial M, their 11th studio LP. It's our essential wax this week. But before I get into more detail, to remind you that before we heard that nifty little tune Minor Keys by Starflyer 59, we heard Sugar Song by Kodiak Island, facebook.com slash Kodiak Island Music. And... Um, we're now 21 songs into the program, and it's now time for our Essential Wax, which is brought to you by Everything Indie Over 40, a music community much like the community that uh, Near Perfect Pitch serves, like-minded folk who love their music, and there's lots of uh, quizzes and polls and opportunity to pipe up and opinionate. Great, great place. Again, everythingindieover40.com brings you essential wax which is essentially an lp that you have to own you absolutely have to own this the 11th studio lp by 
Starflyer 59 is called Dial M. It's on Tooth and Nail Records. It was released in 2008. Here's another track from the record. Who said it was easy?
Love a little bit of Two Door Cinema Club. That is off 2012's second LP, Beacon, and a tune called Sleeps Alone, preceded by the second of two songs by Starflyer 59. We heard uh, Who Said It Was Easy, preceded by Minor Keys, and that's uh, off our Essential Wax this week. Dial M by Riverside California's Starflyer 59 on Tooth and Down Records, as brought to you by Everything Indie Over 40 delightful stuff up next something new by von spa off their new under pressure full length on tapete records we can hear a song now entitled extend the song
Cause you insist on being so I'm not keeping tabs But it makes me glad just to know drug dealer of course it is and drug dealer is essentially michael collins from los angeles off the new raw honey lp a track called lonely and that was preceded by under pressure is the name of the lp that it was pulled from but that was extender song by von spar on uh, tapete records von spar.net v-o-n-s-p-a-r.net now it's time for a wee bet and i mean a wee bet others Tinto time, boys and girls, and what that means, quite simply, is it's just a little foray into the world of digital ephemera and useless information. Great website called Digital Music News, which you should go to digitalmusicnews.com and subscribe to it. But here's a story from it specifically about Pledge, the uh, the site whereby you fundraise as a musician and uh, hope to uh, be able to amalgamate all your pledge money into putting your project 
into the works and uh, having it come to fruition. Anyway, here's a little snippet from the article and there's a lot more to read aside from this as I take my specs off so I can see the monitor. A leaked email has revealed that Pledge Music has laid off its staff and won't ever pay back artists. So how did it come to this? For nearly a year, failed British crowdfunding platform Pledge Music has promised to pay back the hundreds of thousands it owes to artists. Due to serious financial issues as well as poor management, the company has withheld payments to musicians and bands. With embattled co-founder Benji Rogers back at the helm, the company first released the following statement, promising to pay back artists last summer. It's our expectations, quote, that payments will be brought current within the next 90 days. Of course, that's a load of cobblers. Here's one example right on its own standing out here. Pledge Music owes at least 100,000 to electro-industrial band OGR. Another group, Fastball, still hasn't uh, recovered 21 grand. Queensryche are owed about 70 grand. And a uh, band that uh, I'm following space monkeys that their project's been scuppered completely by virtue of these shenanigans anyway do read the whole article just a keyword at digital music news and the uh, the link per se is in the show notes as they always are as i diligently include every url and every song that you hear so that you're not sitting there fumbling wondering what uh, the clown behind uh, behind the desk is actually playing. I will tell you everything that you hear on Near Perfect Pitch. Okay, so that was Tinterweb time. Up next, let's hear some Ringo Death Star.
Terraform, as chosen by Peter Holstrom, that is the Dandy Warhols off their brand new record. Why are you so crazy? That could be uh, that could be applicable to millions and millions, couldn't it? And that was preceded by Bongload by Ringo Death Star, lead track to 2014's God's Dream LP. It's time for uh, one more track by uh, the Dandy Warhols before I get into a chat with Peter himself. Let's hear something else off uh, Why Are You So Crazy? Another track as chosen by, uh, by Peter. He chose Terraform. He also chose this, Forever.
Why Are You So Crazy? The Dandy Warhols, that's forever, as chosen by Peter Holmstrom. And over to myself and Peter for a chat, and then I'll be back to play another song off their brand new record. Why Are You So Crazy? Yes, hello, is this Peter? Yes, it is. Hey, Peter, how are you keeping? It's Dara calling from Near Perfect Pitch. How's it going? It's going, it's going. Are you on a, on a mobile phone and in Washington, D.C.? Yes, I am. Oh, just had to double check. Well, I had to double check. I saw the Oregon number, and but then I realised, of course, you're playing in D.C. tonight. So, you know, being that I'm Sherlock Holmes, I thought you must be on his mobile phone. And it's a remarkably good yeah. connection, so which is rare. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so you uh, when sound check, I would imagine you're, you're, you're pre-sound check mode. You've got some time to yourself for the next little while, I would expect. Yeah, it hasn't been loaded in yet, so there's nothing really to do. Oh, so uh, you've got to while away your time talking to the likes of me then. Sorry about that. Exactly. No. Yeah. It's part no. of the gig. Yeah, it's like, it's like, losing, like, like losing a bet, Peter, is what it's like. Um, so I wanted, to, I wanted to start off by congratulating you, of course, because, I mean, t- 10 albums is nothing to sniff at, is it, really? 10 studio records. Uh, yeah. and you must look back and think to yourself, my goodness me, incrementally, You've had a career and a half, and you're still going. Uh, yeah, it's still kind of shocking to think that it's been 25 years. It's, it's staggering when you think about it. 25, 25 years, 10 studio records, and, and the amount of touring that you've got under your belt, the amount of air miles alone that you've got. It, it, must, be, oh, yeah. it must be must <laughs> be It must be wonderful just to think back and, and document this, because um, I, I think, I think with, with, with the 10th LP comes comes a bit of a landmark. I think I think uh, very few bands are able to be able to draw that line in the sand. And have you have you been remotely retrospective at all about this? Is, has it been landmarky for you? Um, no, honestly, um, I think it was like right around our twentieth anniversary. We did a um, we and there was a there was a uh, sort of the Capital Years collection, yes. you know, of, of sing, singles and not whatever yes. tracks. You know, that was the whole looking back. Um, and I haven't been doing a lot of that, any, well, any more than usual, um, you know, with, the, with this tour. Um, just, I think, mainly because it's our, you know, we've got a new record, and there is the actually looking forward as opposed to, you know, dwelling on the past. Well, I suppose you can healthily do both, because, I mean, you're in the throes of a, of a you know, a 25th, uh, 25th tour, which of course you've, you've already completed the European leg. I was just wondering how, how did that go, if you could sum it up in a sentence? Were you suitably happy with, uh, with, with what went down? Absolutely, yeah, it was great. Um, uh, in my opinion, it was far too short, but um, that's just the way things happen these days. Um, it was a very efficient tour, wasn't it? You didn't really have any downtime between dates, did you? <laughs> No, there was one drive day in between dates. My God, that's 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 some management for you. Whoever's in charge of that is running a tight ship. Yep. Well, you know, pack it in there. <laughs> pack it in there. So, so as you start tonight, I mean, it's it's not. In, in fairness, it's not the largest American tour in the world either. But it's nice and succinct. You're hitting the major centres, I think, and uh, getting a, a decent amount of coverage. Now, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm not going to be lucky enough to see you uh, this time round, but. Um, is it uh, is it the case that you're playing you're playing two sets with a break and with with no support? No, that is not it at all. We actually have two support bands with okay. us. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So so, so who's in the Cosmonauts? Okay. 
And and uh, are yeah. they are they hand picked? Oh, of course, like always. Yeah, well, I have to double check because yeah. sometimes sometimes things happen for for unforeseen reasons, and you've, you've got to got to dig and, and and try and figure out why. Now, now the record itself, I've listened to quite a lot, and and it's. Uh, it's it's a healthy twelve tracks. Was it difficult for you to whittle it down to the dozen that you uh, that you settled on, or, or is there is there some uh, some material that you were humming and hawing about that uh, could conceivably have made the cut as well? Um, that's we never really have a problem whittling it down. It's always oh look we've got ten, twelve, you know, thirteen tracks. Let's put out a record. <laughs> right. Um, there's always like we're just continually working on songs and um when there's a cohesive or um <laughs> in this case maybe not so cohesive collection of songs um we we put it out well i, I like the way that you said that they're not cohesive and uh, that's quite an admission to make because they're not but <laughs> it's a 12 track lp that's uh that's, yeah. that's that's very disparate i'm going to be honest but it, it it works, and I know that you know it works, and you don't need someone like yeah. me. And you, oh, yeah. you don't need someone like me to tell you that. But it, it's it's beautifully diverse. And, and was that something, of course, because things are so organic when 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 you're crafting, when when you when you're an artist. But was it remotely concerted, or was it just super supernatural the way that it unfolded? It's just what we do. It's like um, it's something that we've been trying to do since day one, essentially. Um, is we've always done our best to to make every song its own individual thing. Yeah. And um, we've just got a little, we get better at it each, each time around. Um, you know, as our, our skills in the studio and with our instruments improve. Um, and, you know, this time... It, I mean, you know, it just was what we what we had put together as a collection of songs. And, um, no surprises then. It just it just turned out yeah. as as you, as you wanted. Because obviously, the antics that go on at the auditorium, you've got the luxury of being able to tinker whenever you want to, and you know, you've got you've got that that lifestyle whereby um, you, you're afforded that luxury where you can uh, you can be producing all the time. And you can make these decisions on the fly as opposed to someone having to book time and have a gun to their head and, and, and record. In, 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 in right, three, yeah. Which, which must, must be a wonderful thing for you, but I would imagine it's just something that you're so used to now. It is just the norm, and you don't even think about it. Um, it, it is. In a, I mean, I definitely think about the way things used to be in the studio, where it's like, you know, there was, it was a focus, really intense, you know, uh, clocks ticking type started, deal, wasn't it? Started started with like a week in the studio, and you know, I think when we were did Thirteen Tales, it was two months in the studio, and hmm. um, I think Monkey House was almost a year. My word, that's a <laughs> red that's, that, like, yeah, we used to spend <laughs> way too much time. But um, yeah, I I really like the the intensity because there's there is something that I feel um, well that I'm missing. Um, in the the creative energy that's that's lacking, I guess. Well, I suppose... Not necessarily in the results, but just in the the experience. Yeah, the process itself. I'm sure that if there are time constraints, it's obviously going to change the creative process. Whether you know you you can vacillate as much as you want at the auditorium until until you just feel comfortable in terms of getting it right. But when there's a gun to your head yeah. and an engineer's looking at his watch, then it would force a decision that would be completely different. Of course. 
Exactly. Yeah. So, so in, in, I've been lucky enough to go to your neck of the woods just once in the past, and I, and I found it geographically and culturally, and the people. I found it just to be a wonderful, a wonderful part of the world, not just a wonderful part of the US. I, yeah. I, I, I always thought to myself it would be a wonderful thing if you could microcosmically make make the US like 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 Oregon. It would be a beautiful, beautiful <laughs> thing. Uh, 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 do you think about that much because it's so intrinsically different as, as uh, I mean you tour and you travel all over the world but it is an intrinsically unique wonderful place isn't it it, it does have a it's, I, I mean the, I, I don't necessarily know that it's just sort of Portland but the, the Pacific Northwest for yes. sure yes. you know maybe even starting in San Francisco all the way up or something like that um, it's definitely uh it's definitely a thing, for sure. It is. Uh, it's um, palpable. I've lived in that part of the world for most of my life, so it's just, just where it's where I'm truly comfortable. I can I can imagine because I mean, for for an outsider, it's it's a palpable shift for me, and I feel immediately comfortable in that part of the world. It just seems to be effortless, and I think that's how it should be wherever you go. But of course, it's never never usually the case. <laughs> Not always the yeah. case. Well, let's talk about the two singles because you, you chose you chose "Be All Right" with with the video, which we'll talk about in a minute, and you also chose "Motor City." Now, uh, was that was that an easy decision to make to choose those two to tease the record? Um, I honestly wasn't a part of the choosing. No worries. Of the, the videos. <laughs> well, at least you're honest singles, enough but, to say. But yeah. I mean, "Be All Right" is is kind of uh, I, I would say it's a an obviously dandiest song you know it's what well, it's kind of one of those unique things that we do yeah um, um well it's not unique but it's something that we do well let's put it that way yeah it's um, definitely it's definitely formulaic when it comes to what you do that's for sure yeah um and then motor city is just so goddamn catchy that it's <laughs> like it, it has single written all over it. No matter, I think no matter who who would have done it, I think so. You yeah, know, so. I think so. yeah. It really, it really does. It, it is, a, it is a true, true single. If, if there is such a thing nowadays, yeah. So, so, so Jessica, Jessica Paré is that someone that you just aligned with by happenstance, chased her down, knew her beforehand? Was it, or how did that come about? Uh, she is our manager's wife. Oh, that I didn't know. Well, that would be a very, very easy bit of nepotism to to leverage then. <laughs> yeah, um, and I, I, I'm assuming she likes the band, and that's why she did it. <laughs> that's, quite, that's quite an assumption, Peter. You just you just can't be sure about that. But I think that's no, I have no yeah, idea. You never I, can, but I mean, no. I, I, I've had a few conversations with her. She's. She's very nice, and, and she seems to like the like the music quite a bit. Well, there you go. There you go. Either that, or she's just an immensely good actress. But she, in, in all truth, though, it's a, it's a great, cool little video, and I'm recommending all of you lot to go and watch it if you haven't already managed to catch it. Now, um, let's talk more about life in general, because we've, we've talked about a lot of years going under the bridge, and, and I'm not a spring chicken anymore, despite uh, still still buying my music and living the life and, and trying to share music as, 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 a, as a mantra but you've been around uh -huh. a lot you've been around a long time you've seen a lot of stuff 
How, how does yeah. your, your newfound life, well, not newfound, that's probably patronising, but you, you, you've all got families now. The dynamic has changed. Touring is not uh, the same uh, the same appeal that it used to have. Is, is it easy to fit in everything amongst all the responsibility you have extracurricularly? No, it is, it's not, not easy to fit it all in. Um, that's why tours are shorter, yeah. um, and we sort of cherry-pick exactly what we need um, you know, or, or where, like, pretty much the 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 places we need to play, you know, that do the the most. Um, anyway, uh, and you know, it does does make recording. It makes having our own studio very important because yes. you know everybody gets in when they can. Um, and yeah, it is definitely it's definitely tricky, but. You know, you, you do what you got to do. Yeah, and you, and you still manage to do it. It's just, you know, I talk to an awful lot of artists and um, you'd be amazed. You get the whole gamut. People, there's those that haven't bat an eyelid and are just going hardcore in their 60s and those that are just, you know, having smoking a pipe and having cheese and biscuits at six o'clock and they don't gig past seven o'clock and that's just how it is. You get you get the whole get the whole gamut. Right. Um, I know this is a, probably jumping the gun because you're, you're right in the throes of, of, of the thick of this record and promoting it. But when the dust does settle and the tour does come to an end and um, you're sitting there wondering what, what to do with yourself, if that is indeed the case, are there any solo projects that you can foresee uh, coming in the next, say, 12, 18 months from, from any members of the four of you? Um, well, um, I have my... Uh, well, both... I have Pete International Airport, yeah. um, which uh, I just oh, I'm trying to get the remix record out. I'm having a little problem um, first with Bandcamp and now with Spotify and all the streaming services. So anyway, it should be out soon. Okay, available good. everywhere soon. Um, and I'm working on the next record. Um, which I'm trying to speed up that process because eight years between records is ridiculous. It's but, quite a wait. You know, whatever the creative process, whatever however it flows, it's kind of hard. It's hard to push it. Well, um, and I, I know Brent has his band in Australia, uh, Immigrant Union. And yes, I think they either just put out a record or have another record coming soon. I, I heard there's another one coming. That's why I was hoping to get a little bit of a tease on that. But uh, uh, I'm sure that will all come out in the wash in the next few weeks. Yeah. Um, Zia's performing here and there and um, with her with her side project, Brush Prairie. Yeah. Um, but that's just pretty much local in Portland. Um, and I don't think Courtney's got anything side projects at the moment. Um, I know I, I have a project with a friend in uh, Camp called uh, Walls of Dada um, we're starting record number three pretty soon very cool um, yeah and we might actually try and do some touring on, on that one because you know it's, we enjoy making the records but now we want to kind of it, it's kind of pointless it's not pointless to just make music but if you really want people to actually experience it, um, and it's more fun to play it for people like live. So yeah, well, we both kind of feel the need to do that. 
It's the ultimate. It's the ultimate uh, sharing medium. Now, walls of data. I don't know much. I know don't know much about, but I know it's it's old. Uh, you know, it's 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 Chris from uh, from six yeah. from six by seven, and uh, yeah, he is one. I don't think I've seen anyone apart from Stephen Jones, Baby Bird, who is putting more stuff on Bandcamp literally on a daily basis. Oh, he is so prolific. It's amazing. I mean, it's like we talk about starting a record, and then I'll have like thirteen, fourteen tracks like that are waiting for me to add music to in like a matter of weeks. It's crazy. You know? it's, and and they're all like quality. You know, it's, it's just amazing. Well, I, I, my, my, my library of, of his material in the last two years is, is, is gone up tenfold just because of the, <laughs> the... Well, he's just chucking stuff out there for free. It's almost like there's a select few of us out there who are some kind of like... Uh, Grading system for him. And he's chucking them out, and and as you as you say that they're all they're all top top quality, and I just I just don't know how he does it so quickly. It's it's brilliant. I know, yeah. And it's my old. Um, he did. I mean, the part part of one of the like the the one of the reasons I really like the Walls of Dada project. Um, it will. I, I I like this aspect, and it also frustrates me a little bit. Okay. But the whole the whole idea was that it's. It's kind of like discovering a lost four-track recording of an English band from like the mid '80s, <laughs> you know, yeah. like from like just and and um, so it's like the idea is he sends me like uh, generally drum machine, keyboards, and vocal like in a stereo track, and then I add my guitar, bass, some synths, whatever on it. And it's done. That's it. There's no <laughs> editing. There's like we're pretending we don't have computers, um, and it's super fun and liberating to create that that way. But it's also you listen back and go, I could have done this. I could have done that. Oh yes, yes. You know? And there's like a, a lack of like editing that I can do to to make the song better in my mind um, because I just have a stereo track from him. Yeah, yeah. But it is like super great to just go, blah, it's done. Yeah, just let it go blah. because without without doing a Kevin Shields and being in a padded cell for two years, mixing it down. I mean, when is yeah. when, when is a track truly finished? Let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, I literally like um, the the I think it was the first first walls of Dada record. I I think I recorded everything. Um, and mixed the now yeah I've recorded everything for the walls the first walls of Dada record in the space of time that it that we mixed one of the PIA songs. My word! I was because I I was I mean the the guy that um, mixes um, the PIA records for the last the last two is um, he works very slowly and his his method is. Fantastic. The results are fantastic, but it's an equally frustrating in the opposite way. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it takes forever, um, but it's like every time you start getting frustrated with how long something's taken, he'll he'll do something and it's like, holy shit, that's amazing. Okay, keep going. <laughs> yeah, it's worth it's worth it's worth the wait, man. You just take take your time. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I would imagine it's it's a little bit different to, to working with with Brandon, who I, I I would expect is rather rather quick. 
Brandon who... No, but Bra- Brandon Eggleston. Um, uh, yeah. Because Bra- um, Brandon's... Definitely, a- he's definitely a, a lot quicker than, than Jeremy, who uh, I work with with PIA. Two, um, two completely different dynamics, though, I would expect. Yeah, but... Um, and I think it works... Um, it works well with the dandies, where we... We need somebody to do what we want a little more than having like somebody add what like add more to it. Yeah, Jeremy's always adding um, like drums and percussion and effects um, to the PIA stuff, and, and Brandon like just does kind of does what you want in the best way possible. Yeah, super quick. Yeah, I, I get is, that. Yeah, which is what we need. Yeah, and he's worked with some some pretty uh, established artists. He's just um, just did the Wyoke record, I believe, which is a great record, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and the Modest Mouse as well. It's a bit of a dark horse. Is, is is am I thinking he's this the same Brandon Eggleston who 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 was involved with the Swans as well? Yep, same guy. Okay, so don't don't imagine there are too many Brandon Egglestons kicking around in the northwest there. <laughs> No, I imagine there aren't. <laughs> not. not not even in the world. I think <laughs> no, that's, a, no. that's a pretty u- unique name. But I'm, I'm very glad that you brought attention to uh, to PIA because it's it's a great it's a great project, and that's that's uh, wallsofdada.bandcamp.com, and then you can get the links to PIA through that. And I'll put all the links in the show notes, everybody. But that's another project that you need to get involved with with uh, with regards to Peter's output. Um, now. Could you do me a favour, because uh, this is nothing to do with laziness, I just wanted to offer it to you, to, to, to choose two tracks for me to play around the feature from the LP, choose any two that you uh, would like me to feature, and I'd be delighted to play them. Um, from our new record? Yes, please. Um, uh, Terraform. Gotcha. And, um, and Forever. Excellent. Not that you can make a bad yeah. choice. There you go. So there's there's the two. And there's one last question. Being that you are a, a well-travelled man and uh, you've spent enough time in England and uh, obviously the following there is quite rabid, but you've spent enough time there to know how important the biscuit is to British culture in as much as it's, uh, it, the cookie is important to American culture. Con- uh-huh. Conceivably, around my place with a warm beverage and I go to the pantry and come out with a magic biscuit tin and I say, Peter... What biscuit would you choose from God's green earth? Any kind of biscuit, cookie derivative, what would you go for? Um, I really like the digestive. Just the old pl- the plain one without any chocolate? Oh, I, I don't want to say I like the one with chocolate. You like chocky? Okay. I've, just, oh, yeah. I've got this very um, articulate infographic that I've been putting together for years, and uh, I'll send it to you via, via management just for fun. It's uh, everybody adjacent to their wonderfully vectorized biscuit slash cookie of choice it's 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 redundant yeah it's redundant slash awesome exactly so so thanks for that accolade but in the meantime it's been an absolute pleasure and and uh, love your work and it's just lovely of you to spare the time for uh, for for the show here that the the audience are going to be loving this and best of luck as if you need it with with the tour and uh keep on keeping on and uh all the best to you right on thank you very much cheers peter take care yourself Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Well, that was Peter, and that was me having a chat. Hope you enjoyed it. It was informative, methinks. And uh, my thanks, of course, go to Peter. One more song by uh, the Dandy Warhols. He chose two. He chose Terraform and uh, Forever. I'm choosing this Motor City Steel. (laughs) 
lord You can drive a Ford Or you can drive a Chevy or a Jimmy If you really like a mountain of fun
can't remember how to talk to you. That's someone, and someone are Tessa Rose Jackson from Amsterdam, and that's on uh, Pius. Play it again, Sam Records. Brand new release of that one, preceded by the second teaser single to Why You So Crazy by the Dandy Warhols Motor City Steel, preceded by an interview with Peter and a couple of tunes, specifically Forever and Terraform as chosen by himself. Now it's time for interview numero dos. It's time to talk to John Robb. John Robb of The Membranes, legend and uh, publisher and owner of uh, one of the best music publications on God's green earth, Louder Than War. The man is a musical omnipresent and uh, I have an immense amount of respect for him. Let's see the title track to the new Membranes album, What Nature Gives, Nature Takes Away. It's out on June the 7th in just a few days' time. Here it is.
That's the title track to the new Membranes album, which is out on June the 7th. What Nature Gives, Nature Takes Away. All three songs that included were chosen by John Robb, including this one too, of course, A Strange Perfume. And then after this song, we'll be having a nice chat with John and then back to wrap things up with A Murder of Crows.
a strange perfume that is the membranes of the forthcoming new lp out on june the 7th what nature gives nature takes away membranes.co.uk over to me and john rob for a chat and i'll be back to wrap things up with one more song by the membranes enjoy this i know you will hello is this john yes it is yeah all right john it's tara calling from from near perfect pitch how are you keeping I'm fine, yeah, how are you, okay? Yeah, not bad at all. Uh, where are you? You're remarkably clear. You're crystal clear. <laughs> I'm in London, maybe the maybe surprisingly, maybe a better reception here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well well, yeah. well first of all, thank thanks for your time. It's lovely to be talking to you because I know that um I'm I'm effectively talking to John Road Warrior Air Miles Rob. You're all over the flipping place, aren't you? Yeah, I'm zipping about, always doing things. Yeah. Yeah, you can say that I'm again. Just, just, yeah. just, just trying to keep up with you this week alone. Going to I am whole. Fuck cancer. You hang around with Cressa in Manchester at the Preston Guildhall. You are with Ian Hunter in Manchester. Then you're in Tallinn, and then you're at Affleck's Palace. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's just a one day. I know. That's <laughs> flipping crazy. Absolutely crazy. But, but, um, well, first of all, congratulations on the new record. You, you must be suitably chuffed with everything that's going on at the moment. Yeah, yes. Yeah, uh, it took a bit of time to get that record together. I would imagine. I would imagine. But but anyway, I, I wanted to, I wanted yeah. to talk about the record, of course, because we had a, we had a little bit of a laugh before the line went uh, funny there with with you know you being on the road all the time. But but of course, this new LP. Um, let's talk about the genesis of the new LP because you know phase phase two of the membranes. Really, I think it's more than fair to say that probably. Kevin Shields has a, has, a, has a little bit to do with, with coaxing you back into, into the mainstream. But with this new record, when, when did you decide that you're going to record a new record? How did it happen? And how long has it, how long has it t- taken to put together? Okay, well, uh, we did, when we first came back, we had, we had a 20-year break. And Valentine, my brother Valentine asked to play uh, ATP. But I didn't really want to go around and play with old songs because we're not really burdened having any hits. So that was quite an easy decision. <laughs> <laughs> So then we decided to do a new album then, which was Dark Matter, Dark Energy. Yeah. Um, and that went really well. So uh, then, we, then we had another square, we've got another double album, which is this one now. So that was about a year ago. Yeah. But we didn't want to, re- we didn't want to keep moving it forward. We got really engrossed in the idea of choirs. So we've been working with this choir initially in Estonia, because there's um, an event called Tala Music Week. And Estonia's an amazing country. It's only got a million people. Yeah. But there's loads and loads of choirs there. Uh, it's got those choirs to head in Europe and went to see a choir there at Times Music Week. And it's, it's music is so uh, melancholic and beautiful and spectral and intense. And I was sitting there watching them and I was thinking, I can actually, this will actually work. We can cross this into our music. Fantastic. Um, and that's, so we did a couple of gigs with them and that worked really well. But obviously I can't afford to fly a choir out. They're not, not in Radiohead's world yet. So <laughs> <laughs> I, had to, I had to stop my own choir. I stuck a little, this is very modern, isn't it? I stuck a Facebook message out and some woman came back and said, I'll, I'll, I'll come and conduct your choir and I'll put a choir together with you, students from the BIM College in Manchester. So it's, it's, a, it's kind of a student's, made a student's choir and it fluctuates and changes the personnel all the time. Yes. But it's, um, but it's really amazing because at about 1920, they're thinking, what the hell is this we got ourselves into? Kind of pop music, you know, they're learning how to do like pop, you know, normal pop music. And suddenly in this room, these kind of weird old guys playing this with noisy bass, looking droney, post punk, because they're being fit to post punk. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. choir parts over the top that I'm, I'm kind of shouting at them to sing. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and somehow it works, but it makes it gives the music this really epic. Well, I wanted to. Well, I wanted to talk about it because the the, the choral aspect on this record. First of all, I mean, even, even if you're you're a fan of the membranes and you follow them since day one and, and you're aware of them, this was a, a real surprise. And, and and you know, just like any old surprise, a surprise can be an awful surprise or a great surprise. This was a great surprise. It just and I just don't know. I just don't know how organic it went, John. But it just works implicitly well. That the, the the choral aspects are just gorgeous. Yeah, amazing. I would say the highest sound you could possibly have is human voices in harmony. Exactly. So, and, and, I mean, if you listen to everybody, those two voices together, it's so powerful, it's so emotive. So when you're in a room with 20 people all sitting together, that's an amazing experience. And also, there's a lot of things I thought we should work on. At one level, quite, quite a lot of the parts, they're melancholic and they work on like drones and things. And also, I was going to say, Kevin Green BB. Yeah. 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 I, sit down in a I have to sit down in a cafe. You can't just sit down in a cafe in London for nothing. <laughs> yeah. You have to buy your tea. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, so like, so, so no level, that level it works. The drones, they'll fit across. Because a lot of our songs are um, kind of rhythmic grooves, so you can, you can easily fit a drone across the top of that. Yes. Uh, I've always been fascinated by a melancholic nature of music. I mean, I always massive joy music fans. I mean, growing up that time, and post-punk period when the North misinterpreted punk could be something far darker. Um, it was my time, really, you know, it was all across the M62 corridor from... Yes. To say, you know, Sister Mercy and Leeds, out in the Bonnie Men, Liverpool, Jordan Vision, Manchester, there's a darker bass driven twist in the music, I've always loved that kind of thing. Well, we part of that, but we're the ones who never made it. That's it. <laughs> well, that's it. Well, you're... We're like the weird little footnotes that didn't fit in anywhere. But yeah. all those levels worked. Another level I, I was really interested in is, um, I think when you want to just be, and I know we are, four blokes in a band, but I like the feminine aspect of working with a female choir, because um, does the world really need yet another bunch of four old blokes in a band? <laughs> it's, quite, it's quite good to break that down as well, because I think, I think about bands like ours, um, we're, we're meant to be revolutionary bands, you know, not, you know, like ideas bands, not bands, not career, it's not career curves, it's not meant to be the same thing, I mean, of course there's lots of fantastic bands made for four blokes, but, um, I just like to break that down a bit. I like the idea that the choir dominates the record. And, and when you're working in that context and you work with lots of women, it, it changes the atmosphere, it changes the vibe, it creates the vibe as well. And that was interesting to as well. Oh, I can only imagine. I mean, the, the, whole, the whole dynamic would have shifted. And, and I, tell you, I don't think I've been as pleasantly surprised since possibly a Paul Simon record with some African uh, African emotive vocal or, or, or some of the, the classic 4AD uh, uh, you know, quite oh, yeah, a yeah, Great records out. Yeah, of course. A lot of, a lot of the best record is best music is fusions and collisions, isn't it? You know, I believe so. You, you collide two opposite styles together, then the sparks start flying. You end up it might not work, or you might end up something really interesting. In it. But you know what? When it doesn't work, it still kind of works in a way. It does. It's just good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, even examples that wouldn't be. Um, Treasure Moments of Underground Art Rock. I mean, when, when the Kings of Art Frontier album, Adam the Ants, is an amazing record. It you is. know that? Yeah. The, the Brundy drumming uh, put into glam and punk, it's something completely utterly different. It's almost like a film soundscape. Yes. I mean, that, that was a revolutionary record, but I happened to get to number one for 18 weeks. <laughs> I don't think we'll be doing that. But 
you know, that thing that people, do, even in pop music, the mainstream pop music, people take a massive risks yes. with ideas. And I'm fascinated by that because I'm more fascinated with ideas than anything. You know, uh, interesting ideas or when people flow on ideas, that, that's where the energy is, isn't it? It's not, it's not doing the same thing over and over. Oh, no. People who are, who are on fire, you know. What was it um, Jack Carrack or Neil Casty said? Um, that, you know, uh, it's something about people on fire and you, you, you never heard... He never heard Neil Casting not speak, or he never yawned. You know, he said that's the kind of people you want to hang out with, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Not just hanging out, but also in a creative, cultural sense as well. Well, listen, I follow you, you know, and have done as an artist, and also, you know, your writing as well. And, you know, in your writing, your enthusiasm comes across as it does in talking with you because you've got a very, very open mind. I mean, of course, if, if people were very, very. Um, uh, if they had a viewpoint of you as just being John from the Membranes, they might totally get the wrong end of the stick. But you've got such a diverse knowledge of, of music, and you're, you're so enveloping that, as I say, as I hark back five minutes ago, when 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 I first heard the Bim Choir, it blew my little mind. So I've got a cousin that lives in Tallinn. So I, 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 I oh really? I, yeah, he's oh, wow. lived, lived there for, lived, lived there for twenty years, working for a German high tech company, and he's I've never been. I've always been invited, but but. After having heard your contribution here and, and, and him to corroborate even more about the art scene, I've got to get my arse yeah. over there. It just sounds amazing. The time to go is in March and go for the Thailand Music Week. Yeah. You know, because the, they have an amazing band culture, you know, loads of great bands. Lots of great bands coming from Russia right there as well. They are, yeah, like Pia, like Pia Fraus and all that lot. They're great, aren't they? Oh, you want to hear Shaw Paris, they're the ones. They're amazing. They're like slightly industrial, but the singer sings like Billy McKenzie. Oh, what? Really original. <laughs> called Short Paris. Just, get, just get, uh, Spotify it. Okay. Kick-ass band. Great. Well, you spent some money for me. That's what I do when I'm off the phone with you. I'll be getting some Short Paris. But it just sounds like a wonderful... I mean, obviously, the Baltic states have after the separation from Russia, they've become, uh, they've been forced into being really progressive. Everything from, from having fiber optic cable everywhere to this resurgence in culture and it's being supported by, by the government and it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, especially Estonia, which is like the most high tech forward thing. Because they went to Skype and Skype, when it got sold off, put the money back into Estonia. There's only a million people there. So something like one country like that making loads of money can make a big difference in a small country. For sure. And they always have like really cool presidents. And the woman who runs Thailand Music Week, Kelly Silver, is a really progressive, forward-thinking person. And she does a lot of work to bridge gaps in the Russian and Estonian communities. Um, and we're really, we're really big friends and we always thinking like, you know, like little cool things to do. That, you know, like, okay, the Trumps won the world, didn't they, whatever. Yeah. But we, we don't have to give up. You know, there's, there's still progressive thinking people out there. Oh, cracky, yeah. You know, we don't have to roll over into these Donald Trump and guts, you know. <laughs> no, and thank, thank goodness for that, that there are these people to remind us that... that, 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 that this lunacy that we're subject to, especially, you know, I'm, I'm living adjacent to this, you know, array of moronics that's happening south of the border. It's, it's, it's beautifully refreshing. And music, music, as I know you believe, as I do, is, is about the only thing on this planet that makes intrinsic sense. Yeah, music's a fantastic glue, isn't it? It glues so many disparate ideas and cultures together. Exactly. You get so many different people into a room with just a song, can't you? And, yes. And it's, it's one of the last, Kind of areas where you have a communal feeling. It's not. I mean, I'm not into technology. I love iPhones and I love social networking and that. But I, I still, I still think it's great to be in a room and a shared experience with the people. That's yeah. what music does. But of all levels, you don't even have to like the music. You know, I'm not a massive Coldplay fan, but there's something quite 
uh, emotional about being with 30,000 people all on the same page at the same time, celebrating, being alive, the piece of music, you know. This, yes. I mean, those things, those things should be celebrated, shouldn't they? I think so. And uh, you, you, you've got the open-mindedness to say that, where a lot of people would, uh, wouldn't even mention Coldplay for fear of being, uh, of being construed as uncool, but you, you understand implicitly what they... I'm not from Blackpool, I can't be cool. <laughs> I, I, I actually, I actually, I mean, I will never listen to records, but I respect, I respect him for what he does, really. I think he's a good soul, you know, it's a, it's a good force in the world, you know. I do, I understand. But I wish I liked him, actually, because, it, because for me, it sounds like I'm trying to be too cool, but I'm not liking that record, you know. I think, I think an open mind when you get in your late 50s is, is a really good thing to have, you know. Oh, my and goodness. I still have friends to say, you know, like really enthusiastic, still on fire. Been hanging out a lot with Alan McGee recently. He's never changed in 40 years, you know. Yeah. He walks in a room, sees about and he thinks it's the future, you know. And yes. <laughs> you know, most of them grow, grow out of that when they're 19 and get all cynical, but he still believes, you know, he still believes. He does. And his new... Rock and roll is, is the key. And his new label, I mean, he's signing, he's signing, he's signing just young guitar bands that, that just, you know, wh whether they're hit or miss, it doesn't matter. Alan doesn't care. He just wants to give them a chance, doesn't he? He's got a really good roster at the moment. The, the young band from Blackburn are really good. Uh, I've got the names up the top of my head, but apparently he went in the room and they were going to play in their set. And he put, they played one song and he goes, that's the single. <laughs> so he got more other songs. You know, that's the I don't need to hear it. Well, nothing, that, that's nothing. a great way of working, totally instinctive. Nothing's changed there then sure. with Alan. Alan Alan's no, just no, I mean having that sure footing, you know, when he saw so racist, he just knew it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's and, and everyone else is too timid, you know, the music business people go, Oh, I quite like it, but somebody might laugh at me or it might not work. It's like you don't want to do that, everything should be on instinct, shouldn't it? Absolutely. Well, you're very much from the same cut from the same cloth. Now, now you, you, you work with Ding Archer again. That must have been fairly cool, you know, being being in those surroundings oh. again, working with him. Yeah, I mean, I've known Ding for a long time, and we, the great thing about Ding is we're into the same kind of thing, so quite often you go to the studio, and if you, if you play quite bass-driven music, a lot of people don't really get it, because the bass is meant to be behind the guitars. Yes. You've got this constant battle. Of course, Ding's a bass player, and he's worked with balance, he's driving bass, so there's not really much debate. You just go in there, and you kind of nod and smile at each other every half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> There wasn't really an awful lot to do because he knew what he was doing. You know, it was only little bit tweaks here and there. But most of it, he, he had it all down. I mean, he's a really, really good engineer, you know, stroke producer or whatever, you know. I think I, I recommend any band that um, he's, he's listening to this or reading this, whatever, to, um, to look at, seek him out if you want to like a more of a noisy, dislocated sound with a bit of ambition to it. Yes. He's definitely the guy to work with. Well, he's worked, he's worked with the best of the best, so he knows his onions, doesn't he? Pixies, Fall, he did 10 Fall albums, you know, to measure of his issues. Uh, yeah. he, he became very good friends with Mark Smith. The band, most time in this album, I was sat in the same swivel chair that Mark Smith used to see, which is quite ironic. It is, it is. <laughs> I, doubt that, I doubt that would have been shared if we broke up at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that, that's his throne and his throne alone, I would have imagined at the time, that's for sure. But but you're also yeah. you're also aligned yourself with with on this record. We've talked about the Bim Choir, which we've already sort of checked off as being absolutely stunning. And then of course there's there's Claire, who's 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 holding it all together. But you also uh, you also got involved with with Chris Packham. How'd that happen? Is he some, is he a bloke that you knew beforehand? Well, it's, it's kind of interesting, way right? because the the idea was the least punk rock thing you could possibly do is concept albums. But therefore, you're going to do it, aren't you? You know, because yeah. no one's going to tell, no one's <laughs> ever tell you what to do. That's pop rock, and so there's 
a contradiction of terms going around a circle. So I want, the last album was about the universe, but obviously a lot of other stuff as well. It wasn't like, you know, each song's not about a different planet or a star. So this album was on the theme of nature, but obviously it's other subtext and ideas coming through that mixed together. It's quite good fun when you, when you kind of colour the songs in, they colour them in green, I suppose. And then about three years ago, I went, I went to interview Chris Packard, and it was my birthday, day before. It's not coming up this week. Right. Uh, so I said to Chris, oh, you're lucky I've, I've come out to interview you today. It's not my birthday. And he goes, oh, that's really weird. It's my birthday as well. And we're both born on exactly the same day, May 4th, 1961. So we can't, and he's massive into punk, and I'm massive into nature. And we're going, this is weird. We're like some kind of weird twins, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> so it's all, obviously when it came to the album, I, I said, do you want us to, uh, no, we've got a track here, do you want to do like a reading or a poem or something? And he, he sent me this thing and it was, it was amazing. He, he totally captured what the album's about. It's about the beauty balance of nature. And he did it off the top of his head and he sent it. And I'm being crazy, he's only more because he's such a perfectionist. So I was going, well, it's just perfect that. So you can't change this. It's exactly right. You've got the whole theme of the album in your like, 90-second piece that you've done for it. It's fantastic. It's and brilliant. I'm making a TV program at the moment. It's about um, how public changes life, you know. So I was on there. I was going to get interviewed on it. Chris got me on as a researcher as well, just so I could actually have some money for once. <laughs> <laughs> so you look, it kind of looks out, you know, we, you know, it's like it's a punk rock family. Everyone kind of looks out for everyone else. And some people... We grew up on getting up being quite successful, like Chris. And what's great about Chris is he's a national treasure. Yes. Who's who's um, deals with it in a punk rock kind of way. So he's 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 like Daily Mail's number one uh, most hated man. And you know, he's yes. on all those people because he can now, which is fantastic, isn't it? You know, the rest of us, is, you know, no one cares. We all say because he's got the ear of the whole country because, like I say, he's a national treasure. His words have an impact. So if he's pointing out, you know, the budget call is wrong. People hear that, you know. Yes. And he's in a very powerful position. It comes at its own risks as well, but it's great he's using that space in, in a in, in a punk rock kind of way. Well, a punk rock slash highly highly responsible way, that's for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, punk was fantastically irresponsible, but there was in an odd way it was kind of also quite grown up because it was kind of a step forward from the excesses of the seventies. So, in a way, if you look at it. Before punk was Jimmy Savile, and after punk was, you know, like a weird kind of moral, the start of a different kind of moral morality of rock and roll, in a sense, wasn't it? Yes. You know, when they would turn, turn the blind eye to those kind of hideous ogres at the time, you can't do that now. And I think that, that turning point was probably 76, 77. I do you know, agree. When you watch the Texas on the Bill Grundy show, um, it's, it's different context now because it's actually uh, young kids answering back to this kind of drunken, leering, you know, TV presenter, which it, and Bill Grundy would have thought, that's how you act to these kind of people, you yeah. weird 19-year-old girl, but they weren't having that, you know, the way they reacted was controversial, but it was also quite moral as well. well you, you took the words right out of my mouth, I was going to say, for me, when I witnessed that as a snot-nosed little kid, to me, it was a moral awakening by virtue of just purely challenging the establishment with questions that were were immensely valid and challenging the the, the the norms that really we just we were spoon fed in the seventies and we just we took it and then it took this kind of this this shaking this resonance to actually say hang on a minute just because it's been this way for X amount of time does it mean to say that it's right and of course the rest is history now isn't it? Yeah, it took time, but then people realised that this was just swearing, they were decent or whatever or 
that initial feeling of punk was that you know it wasn't it wasn't mindless. You know there was definitely um, a morality and an idea to it. You know which is quite interesting. When you watch it back again with that kind, of, I mean obviously they're not all sat there going how should we make this great state, but it's just an instinctive feeling. Absolutely, it was the, completely organic. The, the, over, the overlords are actually quite repulsive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, in retrospect, I mean, this 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 stuff just just happened as it happened, and and you know the, the lasting effects, of course, are, are well documented. But I mean, you can say what you want about CBGBs or Malcolm or whatever you whatever you want to to to, to pinpoint as being the starting point for this. But the ripple effect is in effect today, and you know it's pretty fair to say you wouldn't be making the records you made and are making, and, and oh, uh, just wouldn't have life changing. Too. Yeah, but, you know. You know, for 15, 16 year old kids at that time, you either got it or you didn't, but you got it. It opened up this wonderful world of ideas and possibilities. It didn't open up a world where you had to just go and be another version of the next person. It could be anything, couldn't it? You know, yeah. it could be Chris Packham or, 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 or Jordan, who I'm doing in conversation with tonight. You know, That's right. A great book out. I mean, Jordan never made a record, but Jordan was a, a statement by the way she dressed and walked down the street, you know. And, yeah, that, that was a powerful thing. It was empowering, wasn't it? And you know that thing where you could do anything, like, like and that message was so important to, to people like us because we didn't believe we could ever be the band or crazy creatives. And because going to North England in the late seventies, it wasn't really procreative doing art or poetry. It was no, no, of, you you were scoffed at. <laughs> it was like the old Billy Elliot thing. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I mean, I'm from the north as well. At the end of the day, it's. You, you just thought that you weren't allowed to participate, and you thought that was at the realms for, for, for Kent and Suffolk and for those type of people. But uh, hang yeah. on, but hang on a minute. It was available to all of us. It just wasn't sold to us as such, was it? Great. It's, it's a powerful message, and it's a message I always say to say, you know, just don't make your art. It doesn't matter if it doesn't work or not. You know, you're not here forever. Make a few chances, you know. Oh, cracky. If, if, I mean, trepidation is, is, is the enemy. Just, just, just go and do it. And I mean, the only thing you have to fear is fear itself. It's a great saying, isn't it? it well, it's it's a, it's a great <laughs> saying. Records, isn't it? You can easily rest on your laurels, but oh. you can always just take the gamble. I think. Yeah. If it fails, it doesn't matter, does it? No, no, absolutely. It's a part of the process. It's it's all a part of the journey. It's just like anything else. I mean, failure is a part of success. They're synonymous. I mean, you can't separate the two. Um, now, now the, the book is it fair to say that, that on schedule, the book is still on schedule for for, for this autumn, or, or is or am I pushing my luck here? Probably going to go back a bit. I mean, when you said before that it seems to be in seven different towns at the same time, it's actually how I've spent the last six months hopping about from one place to another. But it's, um, it's the book is written. I've just got to edit it. Oh, I'm okay. Editing it. Good, yeah. good, good, good. Well, I, I edit for a living, so you can bang it my way if you, if, 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 if you're stumped. I'm always there if anybody wants to bounce off, you know, have a read and just see how it's flowing. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll join, I'll gladly join those throngs. If, if you want to chuck a copy my way, I'll, I'd love to see it. But it's, it's great. So it's, it's, it's going to be called The Art of Darkness and um, it's going to be featuring on, on, on the, the, the darker side of post-punk, as, as I have here. Uh, is there anything yeah, else you'd like to, to tell us about it? It's what, it was retrospectively termed off. But nobody called it goth at the time. It was all alternative music. So you can write the fall, yes. the sisters, or, or Cabaret Voltaire or Virgin Prudes all at the same time. Then the, somehow, because, because the way music's always compartmentalised, it became like the antithesis of each other, you know. So the gang of four would be one thing, yes. and uh, the sisters would be another. But when you grow up in the middle of it, it was all just great music. So the, the darker stuff was always a bit sneered at by the music 
media, so I'll just champion that because I like, I like a battle. And also because a lot of that music was artfully brilliant. So I found that battle house groundbreaking, yeah. you know, yes. crisscrossing uh, black music, like funk and soul. And then quite dance floor music, because it's always about the dance floor, but also the very interesting dark vibe and art school twist to it. Really strange sounds on guitar. Especially the cabs. Pieces. Yeah, the but, cabs. But never me, you, never, you never see any good reviews of it. It's like, I thought, this is a bit weird, a bit puzzling. Yeah, yeah. It must be influential bands, so I'm just, just turning it round, you know. No, it's true. It's true. I mean, you never, I never, never once read a good Cabaret Voltaire review. Just didn't. Just didn't happen. I know it's, it's weird, that, especially then with the media was so powerful. It was definitely an agenda for certain bands and not others. And, and then it kind of takes the story. So if you go to college where they teach people about the history of, of uh, music, there's great chunks missing out. Another thing Huge. that was metal. Yeah. You know, Black Sabbath are probably one of the most influential bands of all time. Hallelujah. But, Hallelujah, John. But you would never... But nobody ever tell you that, would they? You wouldn't get like, you know, the top 100 most influential bands, they wouldn't be in it, even though they are. They invented a musical genre. <laughs> well, there's the old saying, you can only trust yourself on the first six Black Sabbath albums, right? I mean, that, that holds water. Well, those were comes out better years ago by now. The way they're so sparse and heavy and dark. Amazing. The atmosphere. Yeah. Very cleverly put together, you know. Yeah. And because they're brummies, they didn't overstate the case. People at Birmingham tend to run themselves down. It's not like Manchester. You know, it's the opposite. Or where people confidence. Brummies are, Brummies are great because it's, it's just, they never say we're the greatest band in the world. You don't get that Birmingham. They just go, oh, didn't know anybody else was. Because, you know, <laughs> that, that kind of modesty is quite uh, sweet, isn't it? But yeah. it means that sometimes their contribution gets overlooked, which, I mean, obviously the fans look at the sell the records. I'm sure they're not that happy. But I like to see the story, the narrative of pop culture told. There's no correct way. Of course, there's no correct way. But I like to see things uh, balanced a bit there. Well, yeah, that's yeah. what I see you as. I see you as the great leveller. You're the guy that is unearthing stuff and bringing stuff to prominence that you want to have parity with. All you're doing is saying, look, uh, it's not just limited to this, this and this. This is out there too. I'm making it available to you and I make up your own mind. And, and that, that's what I love about what you do. You, you, you try and showcase everything on a level playing field. Yeah, I, I agree with that, actually. I think that's it's a good way of operating. I like the idea that you just throw stuff up and beat, and you don't say to them, you have to like it. No. They make up your own mind. No. But just... now, now it's becoming the way, it's because of YouTube, etc., people can hear things, make their own minds up, which is kind of doing yourself out of a job, I think that's better in a way. I, I think when I was growing up in the 70s and 80s, I mean, John Peel was amazing, but he couldn't like everything. The things that, if he didn't get it, it was, it, was out, it was out of the picture, you know. Yeah, because it was moving so fast, it was wasn't it? Everything for every release. Yeah. But I like those other things need to be acknowledged as well, No, but it's a wonderful thing now because, you know, you grew up at the same time as I did and you, you, were, you, you were patently aware of lots of things, but as you quite rightly say, a scene changed into another scene and there was only a certain amount of money and, and, and listening time and availability to listen. So half my life now is spent listening to stuff retroactively that I'd love to have got into the first time around or didn't have enough money or couldn't have bought the catalogue or et cetera, et cetera. And... and I get as much joy out of going back to 1976 as I do hearing something brand spanking new. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not that old. I try not to do it because if I get on the Spotify binge and you know, I start with the old punk records, I'll get out for a week. Oh, you no. Know, it becomes the, the rabbit hole, doesn't it? I, mean, it? I know those records are brilliant. Yeah. They move me massively. I keep trying to make myself go forward, you know, because it's, to me, that's part of that thing that's an ongoing process. I mean, 
is probably the age every week two great seventies singles will come out and you go another step forward. Yes. I don't want to get stuck in that. I don't want to get to the last one of nine seventy nine and stay there, go back to the beginning. <laughs> I, I want to keep going. I want. I want it to be another. You know, like you know, tomorrow something seventy something is going to blow my mind. You know. To have that ongoing process to me, that was very much part of public. It was, it was fast forward in the future, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it was. It was, and it was also it was also visionary, where, where a lot of people thought it was the you know the actual polar opposite of, of being progressive. It was. It, it was, was. It was both at the same time. It was very conservative, very uh, forward. It was interesting because punk, yeah, holding two opposing views at the same time. You had you could go forward and backwards. The Ramones were kind of going forwards, but they're also about old values. It was trying to bring back 50s, the spirit of 50s rock and roll, the early 60s, back to the radio. But somehow they did it in a way that just sounded so revolutionary. The first time you heard them, it didn't even sound like music. You know, it's, But it's, it's now they, in the end, they, the other side of them is what they represent. is represent traditional values of rock and roll, don't they? Yes. Which, is, uh, which wasn't great, but uh, I don't want to say that. You know, I, I want to... There must be other ways of making music. I, mean, I like electronic music. I like, I like stuff that challenges you as well. You know, like a lot of rock records, you, you kind of know what's going to happen all the time because there's so many of them. I like this bit of music. I think, wow, what, what's that? What the, what the hell is that rhythm? Where's that bass going? You know, that stuff like that. Is, uh, well, I reckon... I, isn't it? Yeah, well, I reckon you might like my show. <laughs> I'm just saying. Because we've got, we've got very, well, very... Well, I think it's eclectic. It's brilliant. You know, I like to go to the trips, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was going to ask you to do, to do us a favour because I, I was going to... I was going to play the the, the single uh, around around this feature, but I was wondering if you could t choose uh, two, two other songs... Uh, of 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 the sixteen that you that you wouldn't mind me playing around this uh, this wonderful feature. Uh, this, is, this is where bands always fall down because you could never spot a single of your own music. You never have any idea. I guess uh, 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 what nature gives track two is the title track. Yeah, yeah. And uh, something a bit more, more uh, kind of more traditional membranes. I guess murder of crows. So that's the first three tracks in the album, you wouldn't have to go any further. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, so just, yeah, it's just one, two and three, bing, 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 that's superb. And I've got one last question. It's a question, John, that I ask everybody and it's completely uh, unrelated to music, but I know that you'll have a bit of fun with it. Um, hypothetically, you're out, you're around my place with a hot bevy and I, and I come out the pantry with the magic biscuit tin and I, and I offer you a biscuit from the entire universe of biscuits. You can choose any biscuit from God's green earth. What would you choose? Oh, you see, I'm a nightmare because one, I'm a vegan, and two, I'd have a sweet tooth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cracker, that's a curse, an absolute curse. I'd have a cup of tea that with no milk in it. I'd be totally happy with that. Yeah. But is it any... Is I wouldn't it... send you out to the shop to get any kind of fancy, fancy biscuit. No, you've got to, you've got, you've got to. No, no, what, no if, you're really, if you're really forced into it, what, what would you plump for? If, you had to, if someone said, OK, John, I've got this gun to your temple, you've got to have a biscuit, what are you going to have? You know what? I've not had a biscuit for about thirty years. I can't even remember. Blimey! I can't remember which one's which because because I don't eat that kind of stuff. You know. No, uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. Because I never, I never had a sweet tooth because I don't eat anything with dairy. Yeah. It kind of really kill. I'm sure you can get biscuits, vegan biscuits, but but I would probably, probably won't eat them. You know, I, I like bread. I mean, I, I don't really, I don't have fancy, super fancy taste. But you can make me a piece of toast and I'll be totally happy. You can. <laughs> Just about squeeze that in under biscuits, couldn't you? Yeah, it's okay. I put you in for I cut me in for a, for a, for a, for a milkless brew uh, with with a, with, a, with a piece of toast. Wow, how 
how how vegan that is. Anyway, it's it's been it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, John, John, in all honesty, uh, you 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 are uh, one of my uh, legitimate uh, heroes because of the just of the, the relentless work that you do on a daily basis. So, I'd love to thank you for what you do. On top of uh, you know, of course, you don't need my accolades to corroborate how, how how good you are at what you do. But keep on keeping on. You, you you're one no, of the you're you know one. What? It's really nice to say that because you, you work in isolation most of the time. As you know, you know you. You put the stuff out there, you, you, you do your playlists, you make, you make your radio shows, you do your writing, whatever. You know what? We're all working in isolation. We're sitting in cafes, walking down the road, whatever, doing it. And often it feels like there's only anybody out there. Oh, there is. Believe <laughs> you me, there is. They, they appreciate it. It means it means a lot, you know. Oh, well, it's, it's the truth. And, and, and the publication itself is absolutely it's the best thing out there. So I'm just so chuffed that you everything's aligning for you. It's a brilliant record. The book's coming out. So... Long, long may long may your success continue, and hopefully you can get some some more success, even more because you deserve it, mate. And and hopefully we can reconvene in the next few months and and maybe talk after the book's released, something like that. Yeah, hundred percent, definitely. Yeah. Magic. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, look after yourself, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. I'll I'll drop you a line when everything's ready to go. Yeah, thanks, Dar. Appreciate that. All yeah. the best, John. Take care. Okay. Bye. Ta-ra. Thank you, sir. We wanted to talk to John for a long old time. Got a lot of respect for him. And uh, hope you enjoyed it. A semblance as much as I did, because it was uh, very enjoyable for me. Thank you so much, John. One more song by The Membranes to get to. A Murder of Crows.
takes a good few hours to put near perfect pitch together on a weekly basis. Everything from playlisting and selecting to recording and editing, arranging the interviews, a bit of graphic art, a bit of uploading, a bit of downloading. It takes a long time. So I'm proud to say that uh, Near Perfect Pitch is on Patreon. In lieu of any advertising, it's the only money I make to cover costs. Patreon.com slash nearperfectpitch. If you can spare a five or a tenner or 20 a month, more than grateful to you. You'll keep Near Perfect Pitch on the airwaves without any invasive advertising. Some of you may well think that's invasive, but that's the best I can do. And on another note, thank you for listening. All of you, every last one of you. And if there's anyone out there that needs some musical defibrillation, needs some better music in their life, point them in my direction, will you? I'd be very grateful. And if you think that there's someone uh, who would just like it and just isn't aware of it, please do the same. More than happy to uh, get more listeners. In addition to yourselves, of course, my thanks go to Peter Holmstrom from the Dandy Warhols and John Robb of the Membranes and uh, numerous other institutions, including Louder Than War. Thank you both. And thank you a lot for listening to episode 125 of Near Perfect Pitch. I'll be back next week with an interview with James Chapman, aka Maps, and a whole load of other cool stuff. In the meantime, have a great week, be safe, and uh, be nice to each other. ta